And I think if you're booming, then you need to outsource or you need to figure out what's more important to you. Is it your time or is it your money? It literally comes down to that. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the ex-agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the duo in Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode number 70, and today we're chatting with Amanda from Community Catalyst. This is a lead generation and sales agency that specializes in helping coaches and online service providers activate their audience and connect with dream clients who are ready to take action. Now, when we think about outsourcing, does lead generation come to mind? Because if we're being honest, I'd have to say no. I think about content creation, social media management, systems, VAs, but lead gen and sales? It really feels like something huge companies do, right? Well, after this episode, our brains were completely flipped. This got us thinking about just how important and better yet profitable it can be to actually outsource this process. So if this sounds intriguing, then you are in for a treat, my friend. So let's go ahead and chat with Amanda. Hello, Amanda. Thank you so much for being on the Duo On Air podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here and I'm so excited to meet both of you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is going to be great. I think people are really going to love what you have to share. It's going to be awesome. So how about you start by just telling us about you and your business and what you do? Sure. I'll just, uh, my little backstories. I actually live in Canada. I have two little ones. I have a four and two year old and I've been in my business for about, I'd say three years seriously now. And really it's the last year. Um, I've kind of like doubled down on everything and I do legion and sales, um, for service providers and coaches. Um, And that is really, I offer it as like a done for you service and consulting. And it is like by far my favorite thing to do. That's awesome. And I love that you say that because I think so many of your clients and other people would be like, oh my gosh, that is my least favorite thing to do. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, pretty much. We're glad you exist. That's for sure. How did you get started in this? Like, were you doing this previously with like a different job? Did you just like start doing something else and naturally led to this? Or did you always know this is like what you were meant to do? <laughs> I never did anything like this ever in my corporate <laughs> life. Um, everyone laughs at my backstory. So I used to actually be in oil mining and I was a heavy oh equipment gosh. operator. So I used Very to Very different. That yeah. Is, that's I, crazy. Uh, I worked in a team about 200, mostly men. And uh, my husband and I used to live in a very small boom town in Northern Alberta, Canada. And that's what I did. I operated the biggest equipment in the whole world. 
and yeah, that is actually when, pretty impressive it is that's insane I'm, I'm a very tiny person I'm like yeah. five four I'm a very <laughs> petite little person and so you're just was, out there I, running that you're like I hey loved guys. it yeah. I absolutely loved it um it was probably like the biggest I don't know the most exciting thing in my actual corporate job that I mm-hmm. ever did and really just like shaped me as a person um, but I got pregnant, uh, with my first baby and doing shift work and having babies, anyone that's done shift work is not easy. And so I just up and quit. I was like, I'm not gonna, I don't want that type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was like, I got to do something because I give all the props in the world to mothers that can just be a stay at home mom. But I just really felt called to do something more. So I started taking like every single marketing and business course possible. Um, And I just literally, when people say they just took messy action, like I can very much attest to that. I just started like literally hustling and getting clients doing what I learned in all of these courses. So I started um, doing community management because I really do love working with people and being of service with people. Um, And I just loved the idea that I could be in like Facebook groups and like help, you know, like engage with people. I was like, this is the coolest thing Mm -hmm. ever. And my business really started to scale from there. I was like booked out in six months. Um, And honestly, to be transparent, a lot of my clients, they loved what I was doing, but they wanted a bigger ROI. So that's where the lead generation and the sale came in. So like, quote unquote, under the table, I started doing lead gen and sales for all my clients in their Facebook mm-hmm. groups. And the more I did it, the better I got at it. And the more people wanted that service. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I started scaling it into an agency. And I'd say really this last year, I pivoted more just being a bit broader to community management of just doing lead gen and sales on Instagram and Facebook. and it's literally just kind of taken, (laughs) taken off, which is amazing. And I have so many referrals now. And I, I mean, like I just brought on five new clients this week alone. Like we are just scaling like crazy. So that's That's incredible. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really a true testament too of like what you can do for your clients because you can do it for yourself, which is like most of the time, like when we like figure out what we want to do, the thing that we're really good at or the thing that we want to do is a thing that we're like, like you can build a business off of that, right? Like anything that you're good at, you can kind of build a business of. That's, I feel like the one thing I've learned from like all the entrepreneurs and people that we've talked with who've run their own business. It's like, you likely are already doing something that can be scaled. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just a lot of people I talk to too are just really afraid that they don't have the corporate skill to transfer online. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am just like a true testament that you don't mm-hmm. have to, like you can learn anything mm-hmm. and Absolutely. make it into a business. Yeah. yeah. Which is that's, such, that's just like so inspiring. I yeah. Think, because- I think a lot of people out there kind of get stuck on like, well, I can't do that. Or like, I have to go back to school or I don't have those kind of tools or techniques or whatever, but like with the internet nowadays and just Mm -hmm. self, like self-teaching yourself something, Mm -hmm. if you're really dedicated and passionate about it, you can do, you can really do anything. 
Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of resources out there, like tons, oh, like yeah. you, like you said, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I might, I feel like I'm not even, I'm super old, but I might just age myself here. Like my generation still was a generation of like going to college mm-hmm. and it's like, have that stuck in your head, Yeah. but it, it just shows yeah. like, just practice. Like nowadays you don't need a degree. Mm-hmm. No, that's not even a thing. Like people will hire you. Just like you said, at the very beginning, no one wants to do engagement. Mm-hmm. People yeah. will hire you. I don't know. Yeah. Do well, we're also coming good. into a period where like all the baby boomers are retiring and mm-hmm. there is going to be an insane number of jobs and like things that need to be filled. And I don't think we fully felt like we've, we definitely see the effects of it a little bit, but I don't think we've fully seen the effects, which is like, it just proves that you don't need to spend all of that money at a four-year college. Like right. most of us did, right? And then now like we're learning that we didn't have to, (laughs) like there definitely (laughs) is learnings. There definitely is relationships. There's community. There's things that came out of that, that are good too, but it Mm -hmm. does not need to be a handcuff. Like it should not hold you back from pursuing something. And Mm -hmm. I guess the one caveat, like, please don't like DIY become a surgeon, you know, like there's, there's there's certain things, but there is a caveat for the most part. Yeah. Like there's certain skills if you're doctors and all of that other stuff, but (laughs) scientists I don't know you know (laughs) please please yeah (laughs) we need you um okay so I'd love to talk a little bit about like sourcing good quality leads because I think this is like the biggest thing that people struggle with is like lead generation and like where to even start especially if business is slow because you can come off so salesy and like aggressive when you really want the business right so like what's the first thing that you kind of do to help source good quality leads I think sourcing for us anyways, it is a combination of things. Like if you are finding that it is really slow, we look at a few different places. If you have an email list, we kind of look at your current audience. Like if you have an email list, we literally will go and find all of those people on Instagram or Facebook or wherever Mm -hmm. that list may lead and start conversations that way and try to re-engage your list off of email from there. Yeah. And from there, um, honestly, we look at old leads. We will go and re-engage that way because honestly, that's like the hottest pool possible. I find a lot of clients think that they have no leads, but they actually probably had a handful of them sitting there. They just got friend zoned as Mm -hmm. I like to call Mm -hmm. it. So it's going back and auditing what was going on in your conversations? Can we re-engage? Do you have any clients that could be upsold? Like we really want to just take a look at everyone that's in your current ecosystem mm-hmm. first before we go out and do any sourcing, like quote unquote coldly. Yeah. But if you really have nothing from there, what we would do is in hashtags. Like to me, hashtags are the most powerful. I'm not a big believer of like going to competitors. I feel like that just kind of gives us still a weird mm. vibe mm-hmm. to yeah. be completely honest. Yeah. Um, so hashtags is the next best source. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will really utilize that. And from there, we can usually stir up enough leads for, from you within the first like two weeks, 30 days tops to get some action happening again mm. for your business. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a good, I think if 
things are cold, the very first thing most people think of is like, I need to post more. I need to create more content. I need to Mm -hmm. grow my audience. That's the first like natural place your brain goes. But like you said, we likely already have a ton of people we can talk to. We're just not talking to them directly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just taking a step back and pausing and thinking and evaluating what you already have. I think a lot of people forget to do that. And I mean, that comes down to as well as like your own data. It's like, Mm -hmm. if you're not tracking anything, you you will feel like it's cold. Mm -hmm. But if you're tracking your leads properly, you'll be able to see, okay, who you've had conversations with, maybe who dropped um, through the Mm -hmm. cracks. You can go back around Mm -hmm. to. I love that one, like where you feel like you might've been friend zoned and you're like, oh, well, we lost that lead, but just like touch it, like getting in touch with them you know, like uh, six months or a year later. And, you know, maybe at that point they want to pull the trigger and like work with you. So yeah, that's interesting. What's your favorite like way to track leads? Like, do you usually recommend that your clients have, like we have a CRM, but I imagine like not a lot of people do like, do you have a good, um, like way, or do you just like sometimes just hand, like writing them out by hand, like starting a Google doc? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you are a solopreneur and you don't have the revenue and the cash flow for anything fancy, I mean, literally a Google doc is better Mm -hmm. than nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, For our clients that work with our agency, we personally use ClickUp and everything's in ClickUp that they can go look at. Um, but for any of the consulting clients, I even say Airtable. I just personally like how you can manipulate Airtable a little bit better and like actually keep everything organized. Um, and we keep it like very detailed. Like it's from their names, their handles to what the conversation was about. Not just if it's business, but like maybe you told me you were having a baby in a month, like Mm -hmm. taking note of that, because that's a very easy way that you could have got friend zoned. Maybe that person's interested, but she just had a baby. Like she's going to be remembering. So like keeping note of that. Mm -hmm. So you can circle back around Mm -hmm. is like, honestly, the key. Um, And yeah, I think just a lot of people you're we're so, everyone's so busy, like having to take a minute and like track that mm-hmm. is not like the sexiest Easy. thing. To yeah. Ask yeah. To do, but it really does make yeah. a difference. It's smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. really smart. It is smart. We actually do. We do a very, I mean, we have a tool that we use that will track incoming leads that come in like through our website, you know, things like that. But we actually do have a very simple like lead process that is just a task in Asana where we literally source everything and we move. Okay. this is going to be really bad. We have a section in here that is actually like called ghosted. If someone ghosted us, we track it. <laughs> so sorry, but we track you. Um, <laughs> but we have like a section that's like ghosted. Like, I don't know what happened, but like, for some reason we had a call and like either, you know, something weird happened or like we followed up and they just stopped responding because like you said, people are busy. doesn't mean it's like completely off the table. Mm -hmm. And then we have another section that says like, like possibly later, like it's like a, like they can't do it now, but possibly later. And that's it. We literally just move them to the sections and we keep the hot ones up top and like the people that come in and we track them. And we have a process that where we have three emails that go out like to those people after three, they get moved to a different column. They move somewhere else. It's like Mm -hmm. nothing complex, but 
to your point, it's so great. And we have had seasons of business where we have been slow and in those slow seasons, we have re-engaged the Mm -hmm. old people that were sitting on the fence, like just with a simple email and like reaching out to them to see what happens. And I think a lot of people, like we wouldn't have been able to do that had we not been tracking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even for our clients, it's like, we have a system where it's like, if someone ghosts, or even for myself, if someone ghosts, it's like, we move them to a column where it's like for 10 days straight, we're engaging with that person. Ah, Oh, I like that. Not in like a creepy way, but it's like, (laughs) you are going to be top of mind. And remember that I sent you that proposal for the next 10 days. Wow. So how do you engage with them? Like for those 10 days, what do you do? Like, is it like, is it just like liking their posts? Is it like DMs? What is it? It's not DMs. It would be like story replies. Mm -hmm. It would be like liking and commenting on any piece of content that they have going out And literally like if they have a new piece of content coming out every day, it's like commenting on Mm -hmm. that, all of their stories. Like, I mean, everyone goes and looks at who's watching their stories. So like watching all their stories, if I can leave a comment, commenting and literally that is genius. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly though, like I, I always like to think the best of people. So I'm usually like, oh, they were busy. They got busy. Like something came up or like something shifted in their business and they literally just haven't had time to say like, sorry, this isn't aligned anymore. Like things like that. Like people are human, totally get it. I mm-hmm. wish no one ever ghosted anyone, but the reality is it happens all the time. Um, yeah. And so I think it's something where like, if you actually, and it's not like in a super salesy way, but it's like an organic way just to tell someone like, Hey, like We're I care here. about you. We had a great conversation. Like, I'd love to yeah. work with you. And like, I'm here watching you cheering you on, like in that organic way, it's like a way to build a relationship that maybe it will turn out and maybe it won't, but either way you've done it in a way that feels good to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I find even after, even if someone ghosted or said no, whatever, whatever, if it didn't align, I'm a very firm believer of just not being like, oh, sorry, on to the next. Like Mm -hmm. if I see Mm -hmm. something that could be of service to that person, it's like, I will still engage with a person, even if they don't engage with me back mm-hmm, in yeah. the future. It's not mm-hmm. like a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Sorry. Mm-hmm. On to the next, like yeah. you're dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is. And that's a very, like one of the things that I think hang people up from a sales perspective is we always worry about the other person and it's not about them. It's about what you can offer them and the difference that you can make in their lives. And if you truly believe that what you have to offer is worth the money that people are giving you, if you know, it's going to make a difference in their life, which we all should. And maybe you just need like to remind yourself and have a little bit of that, like internal work to like do so. But if you believe that, then like, there is no reason why you wouldn't continue engaging them because you know, if they're the right fit for you and you know, you can make a difference in their life because of the services or the products you have, like, then you should absolutely continue to re-engage them because you're like, you're helping them. You're not selling, you're helping them. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes people might even be embarrassed. Like I always think of that too. It's like, maybe they really did want to look at work with you and then they go look at their finances and it's like, Okay, maybe um, I yeah, like yeah. done, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're just too embarrassed to go back and say, mm-hmm. sorry. I can't because like yeah. it can be awkward, right? Yeah. So yeah. I give people the benefit of the doubt that way mm-hmm. too, where it's just like, it's fine. Like mm-hmm. it, we don't need to make this an awkward situation. Like yeah, maybe right. later down the road. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. We've literally all been there. There isn't everyone out there who's talking about like scaling to X figures. Like I made X amount of money every month, like all of that kind of stuff. Those are all sales tactics, right? We have all had the like very low income months or the no income months, or we've all had a point where we had no clients, or we've all had a point where we had no idea what the heck we were doing. Like no one out there who has started a business has had a successful day every single day of their life. Like no one. So there's absolutely nothing to be scared of. Like it's something where we get this all the time where they're like, Oh, like love this is packed. Like this is totally worth what you have, but I just can't afford it right now. And I'd Mm -hmm. love to re-engage with you later. And it's like that conversation and just having that conversation there is, we don't judge. We don't like think anything of it. We get it. We do that in our business. We reach out to people. Yeah. We reach out to people and I'm like, Oh man, I'd really love to do that. But dang, that's a steep price point. And I just can't do it right now. And it doesn't mean that it's like, not like whatever. I don't know, like they're that they're overpriced or any, like, it doesn't mean any of that. It just means that it's just not working right now, but maybe later. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a conversation. Like we're all humans. Just don't be afraid yeah. to like yes. say it. Right. Yeah. Much better. Like, yeah. let's just summarize this as like, don't ghost anyone anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost <laughs> Unless if it's like, like an emergency or like something like just, but don't intentionally go, like, don't do it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not going to work and you know, know. right away or something, just let people know. (laughs) Right. I know for real, for real. Okay. So let's talk about the flip side, because I also feel like this is a little bit of like where our world world is right now and we're struggling with it. But on the flip side, if your business is (laughs) booming and you're having like a hard time keeping up with leads. What is like your best recommendation? Like what steps should people take to, because that's the goal, right? But then you also want to scale and you also want to serve people and you don't want to like leave people hanging. Like what's the next best thing to do when leads come in and you're like short on time? (laughs) I, I mean, honestly, like a lot of the clients that we work with are scaling businesses. And I think at that point, it really is evaluating and thinking, is it the right time to outsource to someone? If you don't have the time to go back and like engage with everyone that's coming into your world and like handle all of these leads, because then you're like legitimately leaving money on the table. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So like, you really have to look at your business and is there someone on your team that can do it mm-hmm. for you? Is there someone that you can hire or are you going to carve out the time to do it yourself? Mm-hmm. Because like, if you're scaling, it's like that, I mean, it is very important that you're handling those leads first, mm-hmm. first and foremost, yeah, right. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So what we do with our agency clients, I mean, when we first start working with some of them, it's like you, I'm literally going into inboxes where it's like 30, 40, 50 unread messages and like people that are like trying to give the business owner money and they're just too overwhelmed to even deal with all of that. Mm -hmm. And I get it because then it's almost the opposite effect. It's like, I can't, like, I can't do this. Like maybe Mm -hmm. later on and later on becomes nine o'clock at night with a glass of wine. And like, you're not in the best zone Mm -hmm. to be like yamming back and forth with all of these people. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think at that point, it's like, if you're not going to outsource, then you need to carve out the time and just do it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a half an hour a day to keep up the leads. Otherwise it's like, you're not going to actually be yeah. feeling. <laughs> Do you have clients come in that say like, oh my gosh, I just have way too many inquiries and leads and I can't keep up. So I've just been saying no. 
What I, I, it's worse. They just ghost. They or they just anything. ghost them. Yeah. Oh man. It, it's literally just sat. Like I've had mm-hmm. clients that are like, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but like these people have been sitting here for like weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's just, yeah, I'm tough. like, oh yeah. So then we, which is, it's, I mean, it's like awesome for us. I'm like, okay. Right. You're like, let's fix it's this. Easy. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, this is an easy win because we just go in and yeah. we're essentially just clear yeah. out the inbox and mm-hmm. we can make the, make our clients like uh extra five grand, which is an immediate return on investment mm-hmm. within two weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah all this like money they're just literally are leaving on the table but they're too overwhelmed mm-hmm. to get it there and do it yeah yeah so I feel like this is going to be on everyone's mind because this is on my mind anytime I think about outsourcing I think about the fact that you're losing your own personal touch and like for court and I right so like it's hard it's yeah it's the hardest thing yeah. to do because it's like okay like those discovery calls that we have with clients like they're buying on because of us. Like that's the story we've built out in in our head. Right. So it's like, how do you help people get over the fact that like, you need to outsource this because like you need to be staying in the business. You can't just be, you can't be, and we've felt this before. Like we can't be the salesperson and the CEO and the project management and the client service, like doer, like we can't do it all. And you get to a point where you need to figure out where to outsource and what to outsource and where your time is. So like from a lead generation standpoint, I feel like this is definitely going to be one where people feel like they need to be the one doing it. Right. How do you help people get over that? I mean, honestly, this has come up so much for me lately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the biggest thing too, to your point, it's the brand voice. So it's like, if I'm in the DMs, it's like, how do, how do I know? How do you know as a business owner that I'm going to like uphold the brand Mm -hmm. voice and your values Mm -hmm. and all of those things when having a DM conversation. And to me, it's a, there's a couple of things. First off, I'm we're never going into an account without doing our own research. So we're learning all of your offers. We're learning about your brand, how your brand voice is learning about you personally as a person about what you like and you don't like. So then when we are going into your DMS and having a conversation on your behalf, we are getting as close as possible to uphold your brand voice. Number two, I think it is at some point you just have to trust mm-hmm. as like, maybe weird as that sounds, but it's like it, if you're not going to do it and you know, you have to outsource, then it's doing your research, getting the receipts and just trusting and hiring that that person is an expert mm-hmm. and has the best interest at heart for your business. Mm-hmm. just like any other aspect. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that's so important to uphold like the brand values and also taking the time to actually understand like who we are as humans, because that is a piece of like our outreach is like actually like making it personal. Like mm-hmm. we do relate with them on the terms of like, we have the same age kids. We have like this pet similar, or like, we also love gardening, like whatever it may mm-hmm. be. Like yeah. there's things that we try to relate to on the very first conversation. And I think when you outsource that, you have to know that someone else is going to be doing the same thing on your behalf. Yeah, exactly. And I have a client that we just start. we've been working together for like maybe 30 ish days and she's a service provider. And that was her biggest fear because she's actually outsourced, which I'm sure a lot of people have experienced this as well. They've Mm -hmm. outsourced their lead gen engagement 
and there was some cringy things happening with the people that they outsourced to where mm -hmm. they weren't upholding the brand voice. They were mm -hmm. leaving messages on read. They didn't actually know how to sell anything that you could have heard in the online space that was happening in this particular niche was happening for her. Mm -hmm. And it, it was one of those where it was like, but I don't have the time. Right. And for us, when she came to work with us, that's exactly what it is. Like, okay, well, I'm going to show you how to, how we properly do it and how we're mm -hmm. changing this narrative in, in this yeah. niche. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if it's, it's your, really it's your learned... reputation, I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah, it absolutely is your reputation reputation. And it's that way when you work with anyone, like it doesn't matter who you work with. If you work with a contractor to partner on your business, like you are giving them the trust to like uphold your business, your brand name, like your reputation. Like that's super it's, important. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of yeah. pressure for you. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure. <laughs> for you. It is, but it isn't though, because if I was doing the same thing, I would expect that as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. At a very bare minimum. Mm -hmm. Like I, anyone that I outsource to, or that works on our team, like our agency, mm -hmm. it's like, I have very high expectations mm -hmm. because first off just on a human level I never want to screw anyone over mm -hmm. like I would never be able to forgive myself to do any of those cringy things mm -hmm. and second off like there's this weird thing too that goes around where somehow service providers to some extent it depending on the niche they feel like there's no ROI that has to be shown and I think that's actual bs like mm -hmm. I'm trying to change that for the lead gen niche because it's like, no, you have to have an ROI. And a lot of people are afraid on that aspect too. So it's like, I have very high expectations. It's like, we're going to hold up your brand voice because like, I would hate if someone went in my DMs. It's like mm -hmm. saying stuff like, you don't know that I have two kids that are four and two and that I have a dog named Piper. It's like, mm -hmm. you should know these things. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I just think on what I would expect mm -hmm. if I was bringing a premium price and that's just what I deliver to my clients. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. Are you always talking to people? Like, are you always talking through um, the like owner? So like you are upholding, like you are being the owner, like basically, mm -hmm. or the business manager or yeah. whatever, or do you have, like, is it clear that you're someone else? I guess, does that make sense? Um, so it's twofold. <laughs> if it's in a Facebook group, we take more of like the community management mm. role where mm -hmm. it's like, I'm in the account. Mm -hmm. So you see me in the Facebook group. Yep. If yeah. it's on, and I think, I know it's like one client we have right now, the rapport I've built in that community is so high that I can sell their offers on their behalf. No problem mm -hmm. as myself. Yeah. Um, when it comes to Instagram, it's as the business owner. And I don't say that you're that. not the business owner. Yeah. You're just upholding their own brand values and all of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then email, you do email too. Where are all the places that you engage and interact with people? Just Facebook and Instagram? Yeah. Email, I get asked about all the time. So it's something I'm thinking about, but I haven't gone that far yet. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's a whole nother world, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, like a beast. Beast. I know for real. 
Um, okay. Well, I think that also is like, I don't, yeah, it's just a point where people just get so scared about losing that personal touch that I think that's the one, that's the biggest thing that holds people back from even looking at this as an opportunity to outsource because they immediately think that they need to uphold that and hold on to it until they die. (laughs) Right. And I think like for us too, what we do a little bit differently is like, it's very collaborative. It's not like I'm going into your Instagram account and then you're never hearing from me again. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're in Slack with me. We're going back and forth, like on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So if there's something I can't answer, it's like, I'm flagging it for you. If there's something that can maybe use a voice note, I'm like telling you, Hey, go do a voice note for mm-hmm. so-and-so like, it's a lot of back and forward. Mm-hmm. So it's not just okay, I'm taking over your account and that's it. Like, I think people think it's like they outsource and then they can't even go into their own Instagram account, but it's like, Mm. it's your account. You go in and do whatever you want in there. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I'm just like taking things off your plate, Mm -hmm. but you can do whatever you want. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what would you say too about like, there's also the whole world right now of AI chatbots. And I feel like there's definitely like a space, not to say this is all the same because this is very different, but I also feel like there's a, there's a place for automation and there's a place for personalization, right? So what would you say, like, what's your opinion on like where automation and like AI might be better for you than like using the personalization when like with the lead generation and stuff like that? It's funny. I have had two clients now that have automated their entire sales funnel. Mm -hmm. And that's the actual reason why they've hired me is because it's too automated. Tell us about that. Yes. Yes. I want to hear. (laughs) Yeah. So they're doing about like a hundred grand a month right now. And their, their entire process was automated, but they were actually losing leads and sales because they were missing that human touch. Like their whole funnel was like TikTok ad to webinar to freebie, like just, and all the emails Mm -hmm. were automated, like everything. Mm -hmm. And so when we started working together, that actually not only made their community more tight knit, the engagement higher, but they also like almost doubled their sales. Wow. That's powerful. yeah, like it was actually crazy. So, so I I'm think assuming they is... still have some automation, right? But then, yeah. this, so like where, where did they, did they decide to keep, and you don't need to tell us who the client is, but I'm just curious where they decide to keep the automation because it was working and where did you jump in? So the, everything is automated. It basically goes, uh, add to webinar. And obviously there's all emails underneath mm-hmm. that, but add to webinar, webinar, to a freebie freebie pushed to their paid offer and then if they if the person doesn't join between the freebie and the 24 hours to buy the offer they're pushed Mm -hmm. to a facebook group and in that facebook group is where i engage and then sell to them Mm. and october till now we've grown that facebook group to ten thousand people wow that's awesome so they're still like like a lot of automa- automation or like mm-hmm. yeah. to get to a specific point. But yeah. then if they don't purchase that, right. They get that's put where they get put, okay, yeah. And then that's where you come in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which that's super. Did they even have the Facebook group before? 
No. no. So that was when like we started working together is when, yeah. yeah, is wow, when they yeah. That is really smart though, because I do think there are going to be people that go through your funnel and they know this, I am the exact right person. This is going to help me. This is exactly what mm-hmm. I need. But then there, there's plenty of other people that are going to be on the fence. Like, I'm yeah. not sure maybe it's for me, maybe not, but I'm not ready to pull the trigger because I don't know. And unless you can actually talk to someone, yeah, you're likely not going to make that. And so that was this case. It was like, they, there was a lot of people that weren't on the fence Mm -hmm. and they had one or two questions. It was literally me like going in answering like two questions and they're like, Oh, okay. And bought. (laughs) You're like, that was easy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it was just, it, that was it. It was just minting that personal connection. Cause the only way someone could ask a question was by emailing the help desk. And it was like, well, that's so un personable Mm -hmm. too. It's like, no one wants to, no one wants to do that. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Oh, I love that story. That's such a good. And like, like I said, I think there is a place for both. Like both make sense. It does make sense to automate. Like it's not going to be a world that we ignore, but you are never going to completely lose human touch. Like people need that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like even when it comes to like AI, like chatbots and stuff like that, I actually think they're super useful. Like I have seen a lot of people use like many chat, for example, Mm -hmm. and they'll use it on Instagram where it's like, okay, the same, like send me a word Mm -hmm. and I'll give you the link. I think in a situation like that, sure, it can be very useful or even to initiate a conversation Mm -hmm. if you are having like inbound leads, but you can't have a chat bot. I mean, unless it's like, I don't know, the most amazing chat bot in the world, but you can't <laughs> have like an AI do that entire conversation. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it just- yeah, it's not going to learn your brand values and like your kids' names. And like, yeah, it's not going to be able to bring that personal touch to it that you like yeah, people buy from people. Like that's very important. So Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, I think that's really interesting. And and I think they all, it all makes sense, but losing that human touch is like definitely never going to go away. People crave that too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Do you have any final like takeaways for our audience who might, I guess, in either side of the fence of they're like looking for help because it's a slower season of entrepreneurship or maybe they're like booming and they don't know what to do. (laughs) I think if it's a slower season, then you really need to a go in and engage with the followers that you have and Mm re-engage old leads that could be there. And if you do not have a solid lead generation engagement sales strategy, you need one you need a custom strategy that's going to work for your business because it's different for everyone. So you need to have that or you need to figure out how to have that. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're booming, then you need to outsource or you need to figure out what's more important to you. Is it your time or is it your money? Mm -hmm. It literally comes down to that. Yeah, which they're both the same, right? Yeah, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Exactly. We had that conversation earlier. I know. (laughs) Oh, for real. Well, this has been awesome. And thank you so much. Can you tell everyone we'll include everything in the show notes, but we'd love for them to hear kind of where they can go to find you. Sure. You can find me on Instagram at, at Amanda Rumble, and I would love to see you all there. Yeah. That's awesome. This all right. Fantastic. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you.
If you liked this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please leave us a review and don't hesitate to share any new episode ideas. We love hearing from you and creating this content for you. See you next week.